It was 2002. I was recently married and I had moved into Bangalore. I was exploring the city. This lovely, beautiful garden city. On one of my explorations, I happened to visit this uh, museum, this art gallery called Chitrakala Parishad. And Chitrakala Parishad was showcasing a photography exhibition and I, I happened to walk in. I walked into the, to the, to the huge um, dome expecting to see lots and lots of frames of photographs. Instead, as I walked in, what I saw were life-size photographs from the floor to the ceiling. And all around the room, there were photographs which plastered the walls of icebergs, huge icebergs, glaciers. And anywhere I looked, there were icebergs of different shapes and different sizes, and I suddenly started feeling cold. <laughs> I knew I was in Bangalore. <laughs> I remember telling myself then, wow, I would love to see these for myself. About seven years ago, it was again a cold winter morning in January and I got a call from my sister over the conversation. She uh, told me about a colleague of hers who was traveling to Antarctica yeah. and I said, hey, that's a place I want to go to. How is she going? I mean, how is she going? How is she managing this? And my sister said she's going with somebody called Sir Robert Swan. I don't know the details, but this gentleman happens to be in Bombay right now. Would you like to speak to him? And I said, of course I'd like to speak to him. And she got me his number. I called, um, I called him and we had a long chat. And over the chat, I learned that uh, he was the first man in history to have walked to the South Pole and the North Pole. And he also told me that this inspired him to, to start his own organization to protect Antarctica. And the reason he was doing these expeditions was to garner support, garner people, garner ambassadors from across the world who would come back and join his mission to protect Antarctica. And during the conversation, um, he at the end of the conversation, he told me that um, I could be on board. He welcomed me to join his team, his mission. Mm. And before I knew it, in my head, I was in Antarctica. Mm. Only it would happen six weeks from now. And I put the phone down and all I needed to do was get the visa. After I got my passport, that is. Mm. <laughs> and collect a fund of 20,000 US dollars towards his organization for their work towards Antarctica. It helped that I was bad with finances. So I didn't know what 20,000 dollars meant. It was a number in my head. So I met a friend the next morning and we charted out a plan for the next six weeks of how to go about collecting funds and a timeline to, to map it. Now, I had never collected funds in my life and I don't remember asking anybody for anything ever. So the first potential sponsor I went to, you can imagine my, my anxiety. So I went all prepared and as soon as I walked into the room, I started talking. We 
which is probably not the right thing to do, but that's what I did. And I went on and on and on and uh, told him why they need to fund me and why I need to go and how I would do so much for them. And he let me speak, very kind gentleman. And then he looked at me and he said, you know, we don't need anything that you're offering. And then he turned around, walked to his table, came back to me and he said, here, you can have these, this $10,000 because we just want to support you. Yeah. yeah. So I took the envelope and I said, thank you. <laughs> and uh, walked out of there with a check of $10,000 in my hand. The next three weeks that passed by saw a lot of frantic activity around fundraising and I was also parallelly trying to finish work in, in, my, in my workspace and trying to get my passport and visa and all the other logistics organized and tickets and gear and, and documentation for 2041, all the while being very aware that I have another $10,000 to go. At the end of three weeks, the financial counter hadn't moved a single rupee. By then it was almost three and a half or four weeks from the start from my call withdrawal. During this period I went a lot of times in and out of deciding whether this whether I want to do this or not. And I let it kind of hang in there. But this morning, I made a decision. I decided that this is not going to happen. The time was too short. And there was absolutely no silver lining on any cloud that I could see around. So I made up my mind that the trip is not happening. And I went over to tell my friend that, um, hey, just wanted to let you know that I'm not going to Antarctica. So I'm going to be here for the next month. And um, I walked up to her room. I walked up to her and I told her that, Hey, uh, I decided that I'm not doing this expedition. It doesn't look like I know it's going to work, the fundraising. She said, okay, all right. Um, but I have to tell you something. I had spoken to, I had written to our friends and relatives and um, I have collected seven and a half thousand rupees for your trip. I froze for a moment. I didn't know how to how to respond. I was actually amazed. I was amazed that somebody had taken the trouble, taken the effort to go out there and do something for me. I don't remember feeling like this ever before. And once again, I looked at her and I said, thank you. And in my heart, I was telling myself, but Antarctica is not happening. Seven and a half thousand, even with my poor calculations, <laughs> comes up to about $150 and I had like another $850 
The next morning she called me to inform me. Just thought I would let you know that the amount has gone up to 12,000. And in the evening she called me to tell me it's gone up to 25,000. And you know we were having this little chat about this, this amount going up. But knowing fully well that I'm not going to Antarctica and I would have to return all this money very soon. Little did we both realize then that just in a span of five days, the amount went from $100 to $2,000. And that got me thinking. And I made up my mind and decided all over again <laughs> that I was going to Antarctica after all. The, the, the few, not few weeks, um, 10 days, I think this was about 10 to 12 days before the date of departure. Of course, I still had a long way to go. And um, a lot of, uh, many more such incidences happened in the, in the last week, which was before I, before the, the date of departure. And I still didn't know whether I was really, when I was, when the funding would come in and when I would go. But one thing I was clear about was I am going to Antarctica. That was the only thing I knew. I also had friends going through their own emotions around me and I had a friend who would constantly tell me every day, you know what, I am so worried for you. <laughs> what if you don't make it? How are you going to manage yourself? Because you just seem to be so consumed by going to Antarctica. And I remember telling him, no really, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't. Uh, so don't worry, I'll manage myself, I'm, I'm taking care of myself. But again, the next morning he would tell me, you know, I'm really worried for you. And, uh, and I knew he meant well, and I knew they all meant well. Yeah. And so on we went and we all managed to collect another 3,000 and so here I am with $15,000 uh, in the meanwhile I was also managing my professional life and trying to finish all my all my work um, and there was a workshop I had to run and that was on a Friday and the date of departure was Sunday I was Thursday and Friday. Uh, it, it helped that I had a workshop because Thursday and Friday, all I thought about was the workshop. And like so, I put my phone away and I don't look at it until the end of the workshop. So I was completely into the workshop. But at the end of day two on Friday, I remember talking to the sponsor and uh, mentioning to him, you know, I, I genuinely, I said, you know what? I'm so glad that you chose this date because if it because I'm not in town for the next four weeks. And he was like. Why were you going? And I explained to him about my whole expedition and you know, I told him about Antarctica, blah, 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 and Robert Swan and, and the entire story. And then I said, yeah, but you know what? Actually, I might also not go because I'm $5,000 short of the funding. And he said, oh, wait a minute. You need $5,000? Uh, yes. Do you think you would be able to take a photograph of yourself with 
the banner of my organization and adopted you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, like, why not? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly why I'm going, you see. <laughs> and he said, okay, give me some time, go back home. And I went back home and I had nothing better to do than to give him time. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday afternoon, I had a hand-delivered courier with a check for $5,000 and a flag to take photograph with. A few days later, as I boarded the ship along with Robert Swan and his team, I boarded Sea Spirit. That was, that was the ship and that was to be my home for the next two weeks. I remember sitting there and reliving the entire roller coaster I had had over the six weeks and pausing for myself to soak in the end of this whole six weeks and knew that the adventure was yet to begin. Today, as I stand in, in front of you all, I can't help but soak in the reinforcement of my own personal values, my own beliefs that, this, that these six weeks, that those six weeks brought alive for me. And the one thing I know is if I am very clear about where I want to go in life, the path will show itself up for me. Mm -hmm.